Hi, friends. You're tuned in to Legal Means Business, a podcast by Leeway. We are joined by some amazing guests who help us identify how to take your legal function and career to the next level. I'm your host, Steph Smith, and we're talking all things legal ops and legal tech, as well as other critical skills needed to help you thrive in the evolving in-house arena. Don't forget, you can watch us on YouTube or listen on the go through Spotify or Apple Podcasts. If you enjoy the conversation, please do hit subscribe and let us know what you think on social. If you don't have the buy-in, it's, it's really a no-go. I would never recommend rolling out CLM to a team that, that hadn't gotten buy-in from all the top stakeholders first. And that includes, um, in many cases, that does include your, your CEO, that includes your, your GC, head of legal, that includes um, head of finance, head of security, head of IT, um, mm-hmm. if you have a head of procurement as well, um, as well as your head of sales, because you really want everyone on board with the vision By now, there's no denying the rise of legal tech in the in-house legal community. And the most popular category in legal tech is, of course, contract management solutions, or CLM for short. With Leeway offering a CLM platform, we can't help but get excited about the huge potential of CLMs for in-house legal teams and their businesses. However, one challenge we're often asked about by in-house lawyers and legal professionals is how to secure buy-in from the various stakeholders across the business. And thankfully, in this episode, we are joined by the wonderful legal ops expert and legal tech enthusiast, Marie Weidmer. Marie has established herself as a forward-thinking and effective legal ops professional during her various in-house roles with the likes of LinkedIn, Pinterest, and startup Daper Labs. And having implemented numerous platforms, Today, Marie shares how to secure buy-in for your CLM from various stakeholders across the business. Marie, it is a delight to have you back on the podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. It's great to talk to you again, too. <laughs> I know. And we have a, an even more exciting topic this, uh, this time round, and one that's quite close to Close to my heart anyway, being from Leeway, a legal tech company. And we're going to be talking about all about CLMs and in particular, how to get buy-in for a CLM from from your internal stakeholders. I guess to start, for the avoidance of doubt, could you just clarify and let us know what exactly a CLM is, please? Yeah, of course. CLM is short for Contract Lifecycle Management. There's a lot of different variations of what these tools can do, but in its essence, it handles the intake, review, negotiation, and execution, and retention process for contracts. So so through the tool, you can build workflows, receive contracts, redline them, sign them, and then store them securely, and they're mostly cloud-based solutions. Yeah, certainly. And as you you say, I think these are CLMs are the whole life cycle of a contract whereas I guess there are solutions on the market that are focusing on a particular a particular part um, of the contract process as well. Yeah there's definitely some niche niche tools that you'll see there are some that that handle only front-end analytics or like the actual drafting trying to capture the drafting process and then there are some that handle just the storage like a smart repository and then there are some that just handle signatures and 
And then there are some that do bigger integrations into procurement or sales. So it's it's a little, uh, it's a big market right now. Yeah, for sure. It's an exciting place to be. A lot of, a lot of good things going on and hopefully a lot of impact being felt um, and value being felt by, by in-house legal teams as well. So how would you know if your legal function or your company is ready for a CLM? It's a great question. One of the things that as in-house teams, whether it's a GC or CLO, um, about to hire their first legal ops lead or the first legal ops lead on a team has to kind of look at the temperature of the company and, and see whether it's mature enough or whether it's the right time to bring in a tool like CLM. CLM tools, there are some low cost options that you can break into a small team, as well as you could be ready for a, you know, a larger, more expensive time consuming tool. So it, it's really just about reading the room and, and trying to make a decision. I think um, we've touched on that in previous episodes before about kind of how to buy a CLM or, or what to look at. But Getting buy-in itself, obviously, the first thing you have to do is kind of diagnose where your company's at in maturity. There's no wrong time for CLM. I've rolled out CLM at, you know, a Series B company, and I've rolled it out at, you know, a later stage company, and I've seen it rolled out at public companies. And it really, at the end of the day, it has the same effect on the teams. It's just on a larger scale. So looking at, I guess, looking at whether the company's ready for CLM, there's a couple hints that I would say that I look at to see whether the, there is a benefit to bringing in CLM versus waiting longer. So one of them, of course, would be generation of sales contracts as a frustration point. So if you have a sales-based company, like if you're working for a SaaS provider, and there's a notable frustration with the amount of time it takes sales reps to generate a contract, turn it around, get it executed, follow up on it. Likely it's due to a manual process, right? They're pulling, you know, a word template out of a G drive somewhere without version control. Mm -hmm. They're sending it out via email, following up with the customer via email. Um, if the customer has requested edits, they're just forwarding those to legal via email. So it's kind of a slow, frustrating process. Things are getting missed. Mm -hmm. When you see signs like that, that might be a hint that, that something like CLM would be a benefit. Mm -hmm. As well as on the buy side, the procurement contracts, that's a whole separate um, kind of workload for a growing company. And you want to see where the frustration points are with that process. So is there a lack of transparency between legal and the rest of the business when it comes to submitting a procurement contract for negotiation? Or are we just consistently seeing sales, you know, or other members of the business not submitting contracts to legal and just trying to go to finance or IT or get a credit card number to purchase what they need. So inconsistent review is, is another red flag for me. Another one is no designated signatories. Do we have the company running through, you know, a single signature platform or are there multiple accounts open that aren't being monitored? Do mm -hmm. we actually know in the company who's going to sign? In some cases, it's it's only one executive who's signing, which also has its own host of problems, mm -hmm. right? Because they don't have time to review everything and check everything and make sure that they understand the context behind the deal. More red flags include um, multiple, well, we talked about multiple signature accounts open. Also storage of executed documents is inconsistent. So when you see yes. that, yeah, yes. <laughs> different, different teams <laughs> are using like box or G drive or they're, they're not, yeah, they're <laughs> not sharing with each other. So that, that leads to problems. Kind of like we talked about above with the generation of sales contracts, right? Is if there's a general lack of understanding of whatever happened to a contract after it got signed, that's a big red flag. Mm -hmm. And that tells me that the company would have an appetite for CLM. Another one is, of course, an inconsistent review and approval process. So just a lack of understanding of when does legal come on board? 
when does privacy come on board, um, when does security come in, things like that, and what their requirements are. So not having that documented and not having an easy way for people to get access to to the approvers is, is another mm-hmm. sign. I think for sure, like um, one of the the kind of added benefits that we've we've experienced from working with our customers, um, obviously the the major pain points uh, that we've experienced generally have been um, the kind of friction and the sales, working with the sales team and trying to generate those contracts and get those contracts signed quickly, um, is often a really big one. But yeah, a more kind of a subtle benefit that I think people have realised is the the signatories, as you say, because this can be automated, right? And often you can set up kind of workflows so that people, it's triggered who needs to sign when, depending on different uh, different conditions such as deal value and things like that. So I think lots of our customers certainly anyway have invested in, in a CLM for a larger pain point such as the, the friction in the sales team or trying to keep negotiation on one platform um, but then are finding benefits such as as you were saying the designated signatories as well so I think yeah there are there are a lot of benefits um, that you can experience when when implementing or thinking about a CLM and I think those are all great great flags to start thinking about whether or not it would be valuable for your business at this time. So I guess let's say we know that there's a pain point and we know we want to address this and we can see the value that a CLM can offer. How important is it to get buy-in from other stakeholders across the company? It's, um, it's incredibly important. You have to have a really thorough understanding of what keeps your, you know, executive team and your legal team up at night before you roll out a CLM. Um, mm-hmm. So understanding, you know, is is it a product driven company? Is it a sales driven company? Is the company, you know, are they more concerned about risk this year? Like, are they gearing up to, you know, deal with compliance issues? Or, you know, what's the scariest point for them? Are they worried about privacy? Are they worried just about money? Are they worried about, you know maximizing the efficiency of their employees because we can't hire any more people this year, especially even right now heading into a, you know, a recession with, with the layoffs we're seeing, you know, using tech can be a way to maximize the resources you already have when done correctly, when, when not done correctly or not sold correctly to the company. And and so people aren't using it effectively. It can become a big pain point and it can actually take up more time and resources to try to repair. So getting buy-in is, is uh, it's a, if you don't have the buy-in, it's it's really a no-go. I would never recommend rolling out CLM to a team that that hadn't gotten buy-in from all the top stakeholders first, and that includes, um, in many cases, that does include your your CEO, that includes your your GC, head of legal, that includes um, head of finance, head of security, head of IT, um, mm-hmm. if you have a head of procurement as well, um, as well as your head of sales, because you really want everyone on board with the vision. As we kind of just touched on, a lot of administrative type red flags usually indicate to me that the company's ready for CLM because there's a lot of manual processes that can be kind of taken away by CLM. But reality is what you're selling is the, the strategic benefits of CLM, mm-hmm. which is, you know, integrations, merged processes, um, ease of access to, you know, a, a basically a service that these core teams mm-hmm. are selling to the rest of the company. When you roll out contracts, you really are selling a service package, which is security approval, privacy review, legal review, finance approval, opening a PO, getting an invoice paid. Those are really kind of a suite of services that 
kind of all fall under that CLM umbrella that you can sell to your internal clients. So mm-hmm. you really need to make sure that your your key partners are on on the same page as you and have the same vision um, when it comes to using tech and, and kind of working together when building your processes. Securing buy-in from your internal stakeholders is crucial before rolling out a CLM system. Without it, you run the risk of it being a resource drain rather than a resource maximizer. But how do you go about gaining that buy-in from stakeholders across the business? Well, first of all, it starts with understanding what those stakeholders actually care about. A great way to uncover this is by asking questions such as, what are their motivations and what are their priorities? Are they more concerned about risk this year? Are they gearing up to deal with compliance issues? Or are they thinking about maximizing the efficiency of their employees with the impending recession and it becoming harder to hire people? Asking questions like these will help you uncover what your stakeholders really care about, which will help you build the CLM case for their specific context and situation. And you touched on it there, um, but just to clarify, I suppose there's kind of two two important uh, questions, isn't there? I guess there's who do we need to convince to invest in to be able to invest in a tool and who are the key stakeholders that you need to create buy-in with? Is, is it fair to say there's two distinct groups? Yeah, there? yeah, there are. So, so yeah, so there's the, there's almost like the, the, there's the support services group that you have to work with closely to make the CLM a success. And then there's, there's the stakeholders that have to buy into it. So the stakeholders that have to buy into it could be considered the CEO, the head of sales, head of product, head of marketing, because those are going to be your customers. And then the people that you have to get buy-in from uh, at the same time are also going to be your partners, which are finance, procurement, IT, security, engineering, um, because they're going to be working with you on the back end to make sure it's a success. Yeah, that makes sense. And at what stage should you be engaging these people? I start engaging those those groups of people the minute I get hired at a company. Um, so mm-hmm. it's day one for me, um, setting up meetings just to and it's not necessarily going into the meetings with a game plan ready, um, just mm-hmm. starting to build those relationships. And that's as simple as just getting on a call once a week with those teams and saying, you know, what do you do every day? What what keeps you up at night? What, what are you happy about that you're already accomplishing? Are you, are you proud of the way that you're servicing the company right now? If so, tell me about it. Because what, what I need to do is make sure that I don't roll out something that kind of replaces what the team was already doing correctly. I'm not mm-hmm. coming in to, to, to take that credit away from anyone. I need to make sure that the solution I bring in is, is going to kind of fix the pain points while still highlighting the things that people are doing well. Yeah, exactly. It almost does that, doesn't it? It kind of takes away the, the noise of the operational stuff that just has to happen. So I guess that both for the business teams and the legal team can focus on the more, um, I suppose, niche to their skill set and higher value work um which is which is pretty cool in terms of practicalities how can we achieve buy-in um from these various stakeholders yeah kind of like the two categories you just mentioned right so the the way that you would get buy-in on the both sides is different so if i'm getting buy-in from the person that's inevitably going to be my customer i'm selling a couple things first of all i'm selling the promise of the service which is that if you come to us with a clm you're not going to have to think about too many things after that. You're going to be able to just submit a request and we're going to take care of it. 
It's going to be transparent, organized. It's going to flow. We're not going to need as many head hands on deck in order to complete the process. And it's going to be reliable. Mm-hmm. You're also selling the strategy behind it, right? So rolling out a CLM offers some key strategic benefits. One of them would be integrations between the departments. So mm-hmm. whether that's merging your tools or your processes, that requires, you know, that offers the company more, you know, access to stability and as well as data. The other key, the other key benefit that you're selling, right, is cost savings and efficiency. You're taking yep. less human hours, um, and, and you're you're kind of uh, you're taking more administrative work off the legal and, and the support services teams too. So you're saving money, and then as well, data mining using one tool, much less integrated tools, right, gives you access to a lot of key financial risk related and legal data. Um, so being able to harness that data and report on it um, and show the company. Where they are at on you know kind of a at, at any moment's notice is kind mm-hmm. of the one of the ways that we're able to sell CLM at the top level because I mm-hmm. think every every company wants to know right they want to be able to click a button and know like what were our sales this quarter where where are we falling behind where are we most at risk right now so where do I need to put my money in terms of compliance things like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Your, your other category of sales, which is your strategic partners, so like procurement and engineering and finance, right? What you're really selling to them is an easier partnership. You're, you're telling them, if, if we roll out this tool, I'm going to make sure that people can get your approval easily without having any concern. People are not going to be able to go around us um, or go around you. It's going to be consistent processes. We're launching, you know, uh, a whole program that goes with it, right? It's not just the tool, it's the tool yeah. and processes. So you're basically ensuring that, that their job is going to be easier because you're you're bringing more efficiency to the table. Yeah, that makes complete sense. And it, I guess it's hard to, hard to argue with that really if you're saying, oh, we're taking this off your plate and this will be easier. And yeah, it's thing contracts can be generated in a few clicks rather than a whole load of back and forth and and waiting and everything like that I suppose so yeah that's it it's a great way to look at the different benefits and understand how you can how you can sell them into the various stakeholders um on things such as integrations and merged processes do you what does that process look like to make sure that you're communicating the the correct uh, value, if that makes sense. Is that something you would have gathered from the relationships that you've built up that you've mentioned? Yeah. So, so when I'm starting out early and just building relationships, I do, I talk about the core kind of universal benefits of CLM, but I don't really launch into specific details until I've started to get a sense of what the company actually needs. Cause mm-hmm. that will, that will dictate my RFP process, right? So once I understand yep. like where the company is at in its maturity level, what my budget is, how many contracts we're running, you know, what are our biggest, you know, pain points. That's when I start to go out and look at what CLM might be the best fit for us. And as I start Mm -hmm. to narrow down those options to maybe my top two or my top three, that's when I start to build out my tech roadmap over the next couple of years, looking at like, Mm -hmm. what is year one going to look like? What's year two? What's year three? That's when I go start going to the teams and saying, okay, based on you know what we have available to us, here's what specific benefits I can promise you. If we get this tool, we can integrate it with your AP system. If we get this tool, we can integrate it with you know HubSpot or Salesforce, um, mm-hmm. and kind of really starting to map out for them what it would look like in the next three years if we rolled out a CLM. So we've talked about what it is that we're selling to the stakeholders. Um, how do we go about selling that into them practically? 
It's a lot of listening, right? I think most of selling CLM or being a legal ops person is listening instead of talking. Like I said, understanding the team's highs and lows, um, knowing when to leave things alone and when to improve. Um, Mm -hmm. And also just, just knowing at what speed everyone can tolerate the change management, right? So you can bring in a tool and not end up rolling. You know, you can take it slow. You don't have to rush things. Or you may need to get some key features in the door right away. Like, so... So there are teams that I've been on that really like at the beginning, they probably really only needed someone to, to make a centralized Google drive and, and run, you know, or, or buy, you know, shut down everything except one hello sign or DocuSign account and make sure all the signatures are flowing one way. So that mm-hmm. little things like that could take care of the problems at the beginning. And then when you're ready to solve the bigger issues, you can do that. And then some teams mm-hmm. are just ready for, for full CLM and that comes with everything, right? So it comes with, mapping out what the integrations would look like with the different stakeholders, selling to the customer, and then buying the tool itself. And then you do have to continue to sell it throughout its life cycle. I think that's the other thing to know Mm -hmm. is that like the sales process of CLM doesn't really stop for a long time because um, you can get people to let you buy a CLM, but actually letting them, getting them to use it is a whole separate process. Um, Change management could be, yeah, yeah, change management is a whole week's worth of podcasts. (laughs) Yeah, no, no, you're right, though. And especially because I think it's easy to forget, because if you're working in the legal team, you're working with contracts day in and day out, whereas some of your internal clients might only be working with them once a week, once a month, once a quarter, once a year even. So I guess, um, yeah, continually selling it to make sure people don't default to the more traditional way of um, pulling together their contracts, yeah. When getting buy-in for your CLM solution, you need to sell the concept to your various stakeholders. Firstly, you need to raise awareness of the cost of the current contract management situation to these stakeholders. This means highlighting the strategic cost, how the current way of managing contracts is holding the company back, the financial cost, how much money is the company losing because of this current process, and also the operational cost. Who is affected in the company and how are they affected? Then you need to prove the positive impact that your new CLM solution can offer. This means highlighting strategic benefits such as integrations, merged processes and ease of access, as well as cost savings and efficiency benefits. Display and deliver these well and your stakeholders will find it difficult to say no. I think that's a a great point. It's an ongoing sales uh, process of that. And how how do you continue that? And how do you ensure the kind of continual um, engagement and selling of the CLM that you've chosen? Yeah, you know, I think it's it's a lot about working with your internal teams, right? So, like I said, legal and finance, especially if they have a really tight relationship and those teams have undergone kind of, you know, really close development exercises together and they're working in harmony with each other, they'll be able to become all become experts in the tool, right? And they'll be able to build their processes and, and kind of the services they're offering the company around that tool and be good, good business partners to the rest of the company when it comes to using the tool. Um, it would be very hard to continue to sell a tool if, if those teams weren't, you know, super users of it and they weren't happy using it. So that's mm-hmm. one of the most important things, right, is like getting in on my team and making sure that my team is really happy with how the tool is running and 
and that finance is happy and that both teams are actively using it all the time so that they can be great, you know, great um, champions for for the tech itself, right? Mm-hmm. And then that does lend itself to a lot of um, natural change management in the sense that like if both of those teams are using the tool every day, they've built their whole processes around it, people are naturally going to have to come through that tool. And they're also going to have access to a lot of like resources and having their questions answered. So that's, that's one of the key ways. And then the other one is right, just providing really good, providing a really good set of resources and training materials, and also just really good service, customer service to the company. So mm-hmm. your users that, that have to submit a contract twice a year or three times a year, they may not remember the tool by the time they get in next time. And if you... Yeah. If all you have is like a single page on a website and no one's really answering their questions, then they're not going to want to use the tool again. But if you have mm-hmm. robust teams that are happily using that tech and, and working around that tech and who are providing constant customer service to the rest of the company when it comes to using that tool, that's really when you're going to see, you know, easier adoption. Yeah, great point. And I think especially because uh, a lot of in-house lawyers are working in the tech space now, but even even outside of the tech space, the other teams already have um, a piece of software usually or some kind of tool or piece of kit that they're using on a daily basis. So I think it's important as well to for legal not to be afraid of trying to persuade um, other teams that this like a piece of software is a great idea because I think they will be familiar of the value that that a piece of um, tech can can provide from their own experience in their own team. Usually, of course, it's you might experience a bit of friction when trying to add another one to their tech stack, of course. Um, but at least, hopefully, they should be familiar with the concept of a tool such as this. I suppose. And you mentioned as well about, so you build, build the relationships as soon as, as soon as you come in and then what are the kind of touch points with the other teams and what do they look like, for example, um, to create buy-in? So at what point in the, in the investing in a CLM process, do you speak with the various teams and what does each interaction look like? Is it an email? Is it a meeting? Um, is it a brainstorming session? That sort of thing. Yeah, so so definitely meetings for all of them. Um, I'm a big favor of, of scheduling meetings and kind of getting that personal touch. For some teams, it's, it's a, a lot more of a brainstorming mapping exercise for like example, procurement or finance, right? Um, meeting with them to understand their processes and then kind of kind of brainstorming live how our processes work together. So even before we start talking about tech, thinking about how are people coming to finance to get their invoices paid? How are people currently coming to legal to get their contracts, you know, negotiated and approval for it to get executed? Are they even going to the right place to begin with? And then just kind of building out kind of some rough new processes to merge those two. So, so working together to create materials if they don't already exist to direct people to legal and to finance at the right time, make sure that people in the company really understand the role both those teams play. So, so kind of building that early advocacy within the team, kind of saying, Hey, you know, you're my partner. Uh, I'm going to advocate for you to the rest of the company in the training and the materials I'm building even before we get tech. So that way, mm-hmm. when we do get tech, you already know that like we're bonded and um, that I that you can trust me and I can trust you and, and that we're working yeah. together. Yeah. 
teams like okay. sales and product and marketing, it's it, it is meeting based, but it's it's not as not as much brainstorming. It's really understanding their pain points with legal to date. So a lot of those teams that I meet with, right, they just generally at the early stage just don't have much context about what legal does um, because they haven't had a lot of interaction with legal. Or if they have, it's just been kind of a source of frustration, right? It's I submit my contract to legal and I don't hear anything for two weeks and then I get it back yeah. and, and my customer is mad or, or um, you know, legal holds all the templates and it's hard to get the template from them. And I don't understand why I can't just have access to DocuSign myself. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot of kind of hearing those frustration points and, and kind of talking them through that and helping them understand that I'm here to to work on improving those things for them and that, you know, just to hang in there with me and we'll, we'll get there. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, and, and providing a little bit of education too on what legal does, like why is there, what's the benefit of having a legal in-house legal team? I think that's, there's not been a lot of personal branding done by legal teams to date. I think they're getting a little bit better at it, but, but Mm -hmm. certainly one of the jobs that legal operations does is kind of go out to the rest of the company and and advocate for the lawyers on the team um, and say, you know, they're, they actually are trying to help you. They're here, they're doing a great job and and Mm -hmm. kind of making sure everyone knows who to talk to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Super important point. But yes, as you say, I think we're seeing more and more of that. And thankfully with the rise of legal ops and generally legal becoming more integrated into the business um it is breaking down barriers hopefully uh between the legal team and the rest of the business as well which is yeah pretty cool and if you've engaged uh these various teams throughout the whole process and you've taken on board their feedback and their thoughts and you're addressing the issues that they've raised I mean they can't argue right they'll have to have to get have to get on board um but yes as you say it change change management it takes takes a bit more there as well and we'll no doubt um cover that topic in more detail um on another day and I guess just to tie it all together um are there is how long would you expect this process of buy-in to take I suppose it really, it really depends on the company that you're working for. Um, you know, when I started at Dapper, I spent maybe a month and a half in meetings and then I bought a CLM and I rolled out the CLM in three months. And then there was about two months of, you know, training and rollout after that. So that was less than a year. But if you're working at a bigger company where the teams have been around for a while, so a public company, I really would, I, I, based on my experiences over the last couple of years, I would say uh, give yourself at least six months of just looking at the administrative functions, looking at the existing tech stack, understanding what the teams are doing. It's going to take you a lot longer at a bigger company to earn kind of that that trust because the teams mm-hmm. have already been operating for a while and and some things are already set in place. And it's, it's going to have a lot more tech and a lot more, you know, kind of historical process that you're going to have to really become an expert in before you can go in and say, I'm going to bring something new in. Um, mm-hmm. cause I think one of the worst things you could do is, is going somewhere and, and it's kind of like offering advice without even listening to, yeah. to the person that asked you in the first place. Um, and you don't want people to feel like you're just coming in to make a change without really understanding them. They need to feel like you've seen their, their benefits and you've seen the benefits of the work that they've already put in and you've seen the, seen the gaps and really understand it. So, so six months of groundwork and then, you know, getting out of CLM within the first year and a half to two years is it would be the goal in a really large company. Brilliant. Uh, Well, thank you. Thank you so much. I don't know. Are there any kind of final um, points uh, to tie up how to, 
how to secure buy-in from your internal stakeholders? Yeah, I'd say, you know, lean on, um, you know, a lot of the points that I hit on in terms of strategic benefit, right? Like integrations, merged processes, cost savings, data mining. There are numbers around that that you can use to present. And I would say lean heavily on your vendors to provide you data um, and kind of talking points that you can use to bring back to the company. Lean heavily Mm -hmm. on your network in terms of like other people in the legal ops community that have been through what you've been through. So kind of like we touched on in our previous episodes, like really reaching out to your network and, and not being afraid to ask for, you know, the the lessons that other people have learned. Um, there's a ton mm-hmm. of people out on LinkedIn that have become CLM experts in the last couple of years, right? And that are happy to share the mistakes that they've made and what they would have done differently. So, so mm-hmm. just really, really preparing for those conversations and really making sure that people felt like you put a lot of effort into understanding their concerns. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great advice. And yeah, I ha- highly um to iterate your point on asking your vendors for support as a vendor all of your customers have kind of been through that trying to get buy-in um from from their uh internal stakeholders um and we have a lot of communication with the the customers obviously so yeah there's certainly some templates and uh support materials that that we've provided and i'm sure other clm providers will have created as well so definitely do engage uh heavily with your your vendor um, and they should be able to provide you with some support materials and advice and, a, and an ear to listen to any frustrations that you're having and help you out there. So that's a great point as well. Thank you very much. Well, I think that's about all we have time for today. So thank you so much. It's been been a delight talking about uh, all things CLM and buy-in. And it is a challenge. It certainly is a challenge that people face, especially um driving a change from within the legal department when as you say lots of teams often don't have too much engagement with the legal team at the current time but thankfully things like legal ops and legal tech are helping change that so it's an exciting time Um, and clm too i think clm has changed what in-house legal looks like which is you know it's it's exciting (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah exactly and it'll change your relationship for the better with other teams yes (laughs) super exciting Well, thank you so much. And we will no doubt have you on soon to talk um, some more fun. Thank you so much.